Let's give him a good Bendale welcome this pulpit here again tonight. God bless him. Come on, let's clap our hands to Jesus. Oh, he's doing great things. Hallelujah. If you believe he's doing great things, come on, help me clap my hands. Help me clap hands. Let's worship him. Let's magnify him. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Praise God. 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 I'm I'm on the go down. I'm on the stairway to heaven tonight. I'm climbing higher and higher each day. And when I reach the upper way, I'll step inside the pearly gates. Cause I'm on the stairway to heaven tonight. I'll not turn back to the things of this world. I'm living daily in His precious Word. I want the world to know I'm saved and in the straight and narrow way. I'm on the stairway to heaven tonight. I'm on the stairway, stairway. Climbing still higher each day. And when I reach the upper stair, I'll step inside the pearly gates. I'm on the stairway to heaven tonight. Oh, how many on the stairway to heaven tonight? I can't remember the other verse. I know there's another. What's the other one say, Sister Joyce? You remember it? I don't either. Praise God. But uh, that's an old song. You sing it nearly every service. I remember as a kid, we always used to think, and, uh, you know, it was all us, a bunch of us Fords, and, uh, and uh, that was in that uh, age range from about, I don't know, five Four, five, six, up to ten, nine or ten. Because Mama had the first five of us in seven years. Think about that, ladies. Said, and I'd have a youngin' and come home that evening, that morning, come home that evening and wash clothes and hang them up. Well, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And me on the stairway. But I used to think whoever sung the loudest was doing it the best. And I just got to imagine that because God seen me in my innocence and in my, in my exuberance. And he says, I like it best too because you're giving it everything you got. And I won't forget a sacrifice of praise at no time. Well, praise God. I'm on the stairway. I'm still on the stairway. I'm trying to make it. Hallelujah. Man, I got all of this stuff. I got notes everywhere. And uh, stuff on my phone, stuff everywhere. I might not use none of it.
And uh, I love Jesus. Hallelujah. I mean, you love Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope I can help you maybe just for a moment. Uh, you know, Pastor Moore, he, he turns to Social Security, Social Security eligible the other day. And uh, today's the 14th, right? Wasn't the other day. Matter of fact, I could just say it was yesterday. And uh, I like to pick at him about it because he turns a year older before me by a month or so. Over a month, actually. He's that much older, a lot older. And, uh, and, uh, but, uh, Brother Braden, I'm glad you done that and made, made his day a little brighter. But I remember when we were young, Brother Moore. Seemed like there was no limit to our endurance. Now our endurance has a very limited limit <clears throat> for some things. But the grace and the mercy of God has brought us to a place where we couldn't see from where we were. And today's battle are not indicative of yesterday's triumphs. I don't know where all this is coming from, but I'm just going to talk. Okay, can I do that for just a moment? Before I, I know sometimes I can be long and um, maybe boresome to some of you. But the Word of God is a let me just tell you what I'm going to talk about for a little while. A sure place. A sure place. The Word of God is a lamp. It's a light. And I preached a while back on the sword of the Lord. And the Word of the Lord is in the hand of the children of God, a sword. And in the hand of the ministry, in the hand of the man of God, it is a, a precision scalpel and sword. To cut away cancerous things. And uh, not by his own desire or doing. But because the word of God itself in his mouth. Just the word of God. Without his direction. The word of God gives direction of itself. Because the Holy Ghost speaks. And he speaks as the unction of the Spirit gives him to speak. And he speaks as an oracle of God or as the very mouthpiece of God. And the Word does the work and cuts. Now for you today, it is for a healing or it is for a surgical purpose for healing to set in. 
But maybe there's some malignancy in you that you know not. And the word of God will come and will separate the malignancy from the good part and heal. The place that was wounded by the word. It's quick and powerful, sharper. Piercing asunder, piercing asunder. Everybody say piercing. Anybody ever felt a piercing of any sort? Did it feel good? Did any piercing that you got, whether it's from accidental, uh, doctor, or whatever. Some people even have their ears pierced. And uh, I can't imagine doing that myself. Uh, you know. But uh, all that kind of stuff. And I can't imagine any kind of piercing to be uh, what you would call pleasurable. But it pierces under to the joints and marrow, the soul and the spirit, and the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And it works on us. And so... What I want for you and for me and for a church and for a body of Christ, I want that word of God to work on us. How many of you come to, how many of you come to the house of God for God to work on you? I want in my notes, but you know, it's it's the word of the Lord. It's true. And it's just to kind of help us. See that God longs for us to rest in Him. And for us to rest in Him, Brother Moore, we have to cease from our toils and labors in this flesh or in the carnal sense. What did Brother Moore say about carnality? You have to subdue that devil and kill it all the time. Paul said, daily I die. The carnal man. It's an enemy of God. It's neither subject to the things of God, nor indeed, it says, nor indeed can be. So just when you think you have arrived and uh, uh, that everything is going good and that you've got it figured out, guess again. Somehow in your figuring that you got it figured out, you have made a step to the wrong side or in the wrong direction. Let me read a verse. Let me read a verse. I love you. I love Pastor Moore. I have no greater joy and desire than to see you walk in the power of the fulfillment of the word of life that God has given unto you in your spirit. When he baptized you with the Holy Ghost, he done something that was otherworldly and made something out of you that Superman can't touch. I know it's not real, but just imagine the most powerful you've ever heard of him to be. It's nothing to what you are when you're full of the Holy Ghost and walking in the power of the Spirit of God.
can speak those things that are not as though they were because the God that does that dwells in you. And he did say these things shall you do and greater things because I go unto my Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Isaiah 22 and 23, it says, I'm just going to read a portion of that. And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. And I will fasten him as a nail in a sure place. One more, I forgot I was going to read that other. Isaiah 28, 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. For he that believeth shall not make haste or be forced to flee. Would you help me pray right now? Holy God, we thank you for your word. For the word of God that's given to us today. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And so here we are today, Lord, believing, trusting in you, knowing that your word will take us through. Your word will see, your word will see us through. And God, you have given us victory over the world and all of its vices and all the things that therein are. And God, we give you praise for it tonight. God, help your humble servant to speak the word that you would have his people to hear. God, and if you would me to be silent, then so God, let me be silent that your glory and your power may be evident in this place and that your glory of your name may be magnified and lifted up according to your good pleasure and your great will in this place tonight. Jesus, touch the ears of this thy people, thy so great a people that you have bled and died for. I love you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Praise God, praise God. This uh, this morning, I guess, it was this morning in service, or maybe before I got in here, thought went through my mind, a sure place, a sure place, and uh, I began to know how we are. Us Holy Ghost filled folks. And I hope it ain't just preacher people. But I hope it's all of you Holy Ghost filled folks. When, when you get a thought like that, that you go, now that seems like it's in the Word of God, but I just can't pinpoint what and where. Now, to be honest with you, I was wanting to look that, you know, that scripture that I read in the first in Isaiah 
22, 23, and I wanted it to be something good, great, and glorious. But if you read all of that, it, it's not, I mean, it's just for a moment. But then he says he pulls that nail. But for our reference tonight and for what I want to talk about, uh, there is a, a, a sure place. And uh, there is a, a place where you can be in Christ Jesus, where the storms of life, though they buffet and though they howl and though they come strong and though they are vicious and though their attacks uh, seem like they don't subside from one moment to the next, that there seems like that uh, between the one storm and the other, that they are overlapping and there's no lapse between. But it, it seems like that storm is upon storm before storm is ended. And, and heartache and travail and tribulation and anxiety of spirit is uh, one upon another without any safe time or any downtime in between. And it's as though the, uh, the climbing and the valley is long past and the and the green pasture and the sweet water of the valley is long behind. And the, and the mountain, it seems like it's insurmountable. And we're, and we're traversing. And when we get to the top uh, to go to the valley on the other side, we find that uh, the descent down just goes uh, down just a way. And there's no valley. It's just a deep ravine. And we start a climb again to another peak that seems to be more treacherous and Dangerous than the one before. And so, it is that we see the children of Israel, they're, they're coming out of Egypt and it seems like there's one thing upon another. They go through the plagues and then God puts a separating line. But still, they've seen all the plagues that fell on Egypt. And, and some of the plagues God put uh, didn't allow to come into Goshen. But most of them did. And, uh, and so they were all, and they saw the mighty hand of God. For them to understand the magnitude of the glory and the power of God. And, and His desire for His people. He had to show them His might and power. And they had had to experience the bad so that they could understand the magnitude of the power of the good. So if you just always lived in a utopia, then it wouldn't matter whether or not you had a good day. Because all your days had been good. And so another day is just another day. And I, I'm just feeling good. And I'm feeling great. And everything's fine. And I mean, live that way all your life. Duh, that's what I thought. I didn't figure I'd get any hands. Oh, but Brother Four, life's good right now. Seems like, you know, things are, yeah, we got, we don't have worry of nothing, have need of nothing, and we got things, you know, hey, we got, a, we got this, we got that, we got the other, and everything's, hey, hey, and I, if I want something, I can go get it, and, I ain't worried about a whole lot. Yeah, and God can pull the rug out from under in a moment. 
And look at your world around you right now. I would tell you the news of the day, but I don't know the news of the day. Because I don't know if what news I've heard is really the news or not. And I don't know which way to look when it comes to what, what information I get from whatever source I get it. Only thing I know is if what me and Brother Moore deal with and he tells me and I tell him, I'm pretty sure those things are right and true. And what you tell us and what we tell each other, we're pretty much, we can, uh, you know, we can come to an agreement that those things are probably true. But outside of that, there's a lot of things that, you know, you can't really hang your hat on. So just help me just a minute. Just stay with me. I want to help you just for a moment. But, but, but we see them. They're coming out of the, the land of Egypt. And the, right off the bat, they're faced with the Red Sea. And God has to help them across the Red Sea. And so they get there and they're going to a land of promise. It's a land that God has, uh, that he has uh, given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, they're, they're on their way. And God, and they get to Mount Sinai, the Mount of God, Mount Horeb. And, uh, and he says, uh, you know what, Mo? I want you to go up into the mountain. And we know the story. I, I talk about it a lot. I love that story about the mountain that was on fire. And the voice of God that spoke from the mountain. And the people couldn't bear to hear the voice of God. And he gave them the Ten Commandments and thundered out of the mountain the Ten Commandments with his own voice. And they heard the voice. And they said, don't let him speak to us anymore because we can't bear to hear that voice, the voice of the very God. But let him talk to you and to Aaron and y'all can talk to us. Now, I want to stop right here. Don't ever cut God off from talking to you. Because in the day that you're reading your word, and it seems to be more than you can bear. And the preacher's preaching the word. And it seems like you better get a hold of yourself. You better get a hold of your spirit. And you better say, God, help me to come in line with the word of God. Help me to hear the voice of the Lord. I want to hear your voice. I want to know your voice. I want to do what your voice says. I don't care what everybody else is thinking and what the whole camp is thinking. I want to know what you're thinking and what you're saying. But God had told them, I will bring you out. And I'm going to bring you into a land that flows with milk and honey. And uh, there's something about, and Brother Moore this morning was talking about the house of God and coming to the house of God. And how many of you know that, the, uh, that this thing that has happened to us in the last two years, uh, that... It was very detrimental to a lot of churches. That's why, you know, when you hear me talk, there's a lot of things, you know, that I may tell you when we're talking out there. There's a lot of that stuff I'll never, you'll never hear me say it here. And me and my wife, you know, I'll talk to her about a lot of stuff and, and uh, she'll say, I can't believe you believe all that stuff. I don't believe all that stuff. I've just, man, it's just fascinating to my mind the things that are out there. And some of the things that, uh, how many of you ever heard of a Crimea? That's what I thought. 
C-H-R-I-M-E-A or something like that. That's a thing that's almost human but ain't human. And yeah, that's what I thought. And it lives on this earth. And it's an alien form and this and the other. And they've killed some of them. So that's all of that stuff I'm going to get into. But, but they kept us out of the house of God. They tried to lock you down from going anywhere and everywhere. And today they're still trying to, uh, to bring about things and this, that, and the other. And they want to, you know, to have all these things and whatever they may be. Hey, I don't know. Maybe they're good and maybe they're bad. I have my opinion. You have your opinion. But here's what I do know. I know that the Word of God, that the Word of God is true. And the foundation thereof is sure. Hallelujah. And there's not one jot or one tittle that shall be done away till all things are fulfilled. And everything that he said he would do, he's really going to do. And all the things that are written therein to happen, they're happening even as I speak today. And God's setting it up for the last day and for the end time. But there's a place. It's a safe place that you can get. But I want to know are you willing to stay in a safe place and so Moses comes down from the mount with the word of God after being there and he breaks the stones And it was that when he saw how they had built the golden calf and they were dancing naked around it and the stone was broken and that Moses stood between God and the children of Israel to destroy them. He said, if you blot them out, blot my name out also. But God, have mercy on this people. And so you know the story that how they killed I don't know, around 3,000 I think it was. I can't remember the number. I read it today. But, but anyway, they killed a number of them, the Levites going through and every man his brother. And so that day there fell of them, of their brethren in their own camp. Let me just tell you this. It's never a good thing for brethren to have to fall on brethren. You think about it. You think about it. They were, they were the children. They were the 12 children of Jacob, of Israel. All of them stemmed from the 12. And they went through the Levites. Who's on the Lord's side? And so they find themselves in a... Uh, if you, if you would, in a quandary, in a uh, precarious situation where all of them could have been destroyed. And it's when Mo goes back to the mount and he's... Uh, and. And I hadn't noticed, I, there's things I pick up every so often that I don't notice 
you know, uh, times before, but uh, that Moses had set up a tabernacle just uh, without the camp. And he, and he set up the tabernacle, not the rest of, but a tabernacle, just a tent. Without all the furnishing, but a, a tabernacle. And the glory of God would come down upon that. And it says that, that Moses, that when he went in, that it came to pass that when he went in, that the people stood. And when he went in there, they looked and they worshipped. It came to pass, Moses entered the tabernacle. The cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. And so God had a special relationship with Moses. And so he goes back to the mount and he says unto the Lord, he says, uh, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And the Lord had done told him, he said, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken for thou hast found grace in my sight and I know thee by name. He said, show me thy glory. And then he says, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for thou shalt no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And I scratched my head. There is a rock. There's a place beside me. And thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock. And I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand and thou shalt see my back parts. But my face shall not be seen. Now. He said, there's a place by me. And I'm going to set you on a rock. I'm going to stand and you're going to stand on a rock. And I'm going to hide my face. But there's something that I stopped reading in a verse before that that kind of goes with this. When I was reading about Moses going in and out of that tabernacle and the whole camp stood and looked and worshipped and watched 
And they saw the glory cloud of God come down. And they knew that God talked to Moses as face to face. And that he was communed with God in the tabernacle. And it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And here's what I come to tell you tonight. The enemy's tried his best to tear the churches down. And the church of the living God. To make inroads in the church of the living God. But those who trust in the name of the Lord their God. With all of their heart. With all of their mind. With all of their strength. They have found a rock that they can stand on. They found a place of safety and security. And they're not going to leave out. Though the man of God has walked out of the house for a moment. To speak to the rest of the multitude. They're going to abide in the tabernacle where the glory of God is that they can feast on the power and the glory of God and that God will raise them up at the appointed day. And so, and so I, I thought about this. I said, I, I just never noticed that somebody else was in that tabernacle when the glory of God came down. And, and here in the word of the Lord, it says, Joshua, he did not depart out of there. No wonder, no wonder that when it came time for them to spy out the land, that Joshua and Caleb, when he went into that land, he said, we're not afraid of giants. I don't see a giant. I just see a land that flows with milk and honey and grapes that are big enough for a skull cap. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, your God is a good God, but He's a mighty God and He's a great God and He will do more than you can ask Him for. But there's a safe place. A safe place. He said, and I will fasten Him as a nail. In a safe place. And. Uh, you know. When you put this stuff together sometimes. And, then, and you're in a service. And, and, and things come to your mind. Boy it's just like a. A, a myriad of things. Right. Woo! And a, a kaleidoscope of, of ideas and things. Or, or the word of God. And then when you get up. And you get to ready to put it all together. You go, Lord, where is it? Where it went? Right? And then you get over here, right before you get up, and there'll be other things just, whoo, whoa. And you get up here, a lot of that stuff don't come up, but a multitude of other things do. Hallelujah. That's a good thing about God. He knows where you are tonight. He knows where I am. And He wants you to know He's got a sure place 
And you're going to be like a nail in a sure place. But you've got to hold on to him. And you've got to stay in a place where the glory of God is. You've got to come and go from the place of the holy. You've got to come and join in with brethren and sisters of like precious faith. And you've got to let your faith intertwine. That's why, you know, uh, when Moses said that, uh, God told Moses, says, but you can't see me and live. But there's a place by me. He said, and I will, you will stand upon a rock and I will put you on a rock. And it wasn't, it is not by, uh, it's not by uh, a coincidence that the word of God, when Daniel sees the images and he sees the head of gold and, and the silver and the, and the brass and the, and the legs of iron and clay and all of that stuff, he sees that, that, that mighty image that Nebuch couldn't remember and uh, that none of the astrologers and the, and the magicians and none of the soothsayers and, and, and fortune tellers, none of them could conjure up anything. He said, no, but you're going to tell me the dream and the interpretation thereof. But Daniel, he had it. But he says, and when you looked and you saw that mighty head of gold and, and the silver and the brass and, and the iron and the clay and, and all of that stuff mixed together and you saw until there was a rock, it was a stone that was hewn out of a mountain without man hands. It was hewn out by the power and the glory and the spirit of an endless God. And he hewed it out. You saw until that stone, it rolled down the mountain and it hit the image and it crushed it from its feet to its head. I'm telling you, it foretold the coming of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There's something about being on a rock. It's a safe place. It's that chief cornerstone that I read about. It cannot be moved if you'll anchor yourself into it. A sure place. Pastor Moore, I found a sure place. I don't always get everything right. I don't always dot all my, uh, all my I's and cross all my T's exactly the way maybe I ought to do it. And sometimes my pert ears and my autobies and ain'ts and, and, and can'ts and, and all that other kind of stuff, you know, my language may not be so perfect, but I will tell you one thing. I know in whom I have believed and that he is able to keep that which I have given unto him against that day. He will not fail me. But he said, I will put you on a rock and you will see my glory. And it's in a safe place in a cliff of a rock. Now I'm going to meddle a little bit. Is that all right? I can't preach without meddling. I'm sorry. What do you say? All we like sheep have gone what? Astray. Hello, sheep. And those who go astray. Thank <laughs> you.
If you ain't his sheep, you can't go astray. What you going astray from? Straight from the world? Well, then you're going to Jesus. And I believe he said it like this. The wayfaring man, though fools, shall not err therein. The highway of holiness. The highway of what? Holiness. Oh, you mean? Yep, I do. Hallelujah. And uh, and I see, I see old Jacob. He done swindled his brother, and God said he was anyway, right? But and then he kind of helped himself to his father's blessing, right? With his mama's help, and uh, for he did say the the elder shall serve the younger. For Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And he said he done that when they were both still in the womb, and neither had done either good or bad. He said that the election of God might stand sure. Well, praise God. He said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I just read it. Hallelujah. And so God, he loved humanity so much that he bled and died for every, every single one of us. And nobody knows whether we are that Judas or not. Haven't I chosen you twelve and one of you is a devil? And none of them had any idea which one was the devil that night. But it said, but it said Judas had the bag. Not the bag with the 30 pieces. Because it said the enemy coming to him and he went out and coveted it. And then betrayed. Well, hallelujah. So, uh, and so Jacob, he's, he goes, he flees, and he said, go to your mother's people and get you a wife. And so he goes to Laban's and gets him two for the price of two. I would say for the price of one, but the price of one was seven years. But he had to work seven more years to get the other, but he got the other right after he got the first, the week after. You know, he got to stay with this one for a week, and then he says, okay, you can have the young one a week later, but you got to still work seven more years. But he stayed with him 22, I think, years, and he worked, and he, and he grew great, and, and he got lots of cattle, and he was kind of subversive there too. Hallelujah. And God helped him out, though. God was with, with Jacob. And, uh, and it's an amazing thing. And if you look at Bethel, and uh, the, he's on his way, and he, and he uh, arrives at a place that Abraham had arrived at, a place called Bethel, and it's called Luz. And then uh, Jacob, and it's already called Bethel earlier, but Jacob, he, he names it Bethel because it means house of God. Everybody knows that E-L-L, like El Shaddai, God, right? And, uh, right, L is God, E-L, when you say Bethel. So it's a house of God. The literal meaning is house of God. So it's, when you see that he called it, the next time he come through El Bethel, it's God, the house of God. And so that 
He said, surely the Lord was in this place and he saw the angels ascending and descending on the ladder. And he said, surely the Lord was in this place and he took the, the, the stones and he made for a pillow. And I looked and to see if that was really, he laid his head on stones and it actually it says, you, it means at the head where your head lay. And so it, he laid his head on the stones. Oh, I'm getting a headache thinking about it. Pillars give me a headache. I don't know what stones would do. Hallelujah. Sometimes I can't get my neck right. But, but you see that uh, he's, he, he's in a place where God visits him. And, and God, uh, when he's on his way out and Laban chases him and his figurines are gone, his little gold uh, things and his little gods or his idols that he had, his teraphim in his house. Uh, and uh, Rebecca had stolen them. Or what was it? Rachel. Rachel had stolen them. She had them in herself. And you know how she sat on the sofa and said, I, you know, I'm with a man or a woman. I can't, I'm sorry, I can't get up and, and salute you. And she, she sat on them so he couldn't find them. So he couldn't find anything. But then God says, I want you to go to Bethel. And he goes to meet, or at first he's going to meet his brother Esau, and he's all scared. And God says, go to Bethel. And he goes to Bethel. And he gets there, and the Lord meets him again. He says, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do for your daddy and for your grandpappy. I'm going to give you that land, and I'm going to be with you, and you're going to be a great force. But before he gets to Bethel, before he got to the house of God, he said, we're stopping right here at this oak. And you got to, and before you go, and Moses, when the tabernacle planned, he says, before, and God was going to talk to them from the mount. He said, tell everybody to cleanse themselves and to separate themselves from all manner of uncleanness and all manner of, of, of idolatry and get everything clean and sanctify yourself because I'm going to speak. You tell them, Jacob, we got to stop right here and you cleanse yourself and you make yourself respectable and get your idol gods away. And they stopped there at the oak tree. You can read it for yourself. And they got rid of all of the images and anything that was in their possession and their earrings and their other ornaments that might be amulets or any kind of a, of a lot of stuff they wore had significance for it to appease gods and for lucky charms and a rabbit's foot, you may say. And they had to take all of that stuff off of them and they buried it beneath the oak because we're going to the house of the Lord where God's going to talk to me and God's going to visit me. I'm telling you, God hadn't changed his mind about being holy. He hadn't changed his mind about being sanctified. He hasn't changed his mind about you purifying yourself. Don't be like a dog that's turned again to what he threw up a while ago that was killing him. The thing that was detrimental to his health and he gets rid of it and he turns again somehow after being cleansed by the mercy of God and he'll go back to that thing that he had got rid of that God had made him valley ill to get rid of because when you come to God you have to hate the world I know it's hard I told you I like to meddle a little bit I'm trying to help somebody I know where I'm at and, uh, hey, look, I, you know, uh, and the sow that was washed 
But Pastor Moore, I got a safe place. All I got to do is get to it. Why did you leave your safe place? Why would you venture forth and not go again? Why would you let it be so long that you come again to Bethel? Still the house of God. I just thought of something. Let me read something. What did Jacob see the first time he was at Bethel? What did he see? Seen a ladder. And that ladder, what was happening? Angels. And what were the angels doing? What were they doing? Ascending and descending upon the ladder. John, the first chapter. Nathanael saith unto him, Whence knowest thou me? And when Nathanael cometh to Jesus, Jesus saw him and said, Behold, Israelite indeed, in whom is no God. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus said unto him, Before Philip called thee when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Nathanael answered and said unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. Thou art the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said unto him, Because I said unto thee, I saw thee under the fig tree, Believest thou? Thou shalt see greater things than these. 51st verse, the last verse of that chapter. And he saith unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see the heavens opened, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of God. What's your ladder between the house of God and heaven? A safe place, a chief cornerstone. A rock of whose kingdom there shall never ever be an end. That crushed the image of this world and the powers thereof. The angels ascending and descending upon the Son of God. Upon Jesus Christ who is your gate and your ladder and your door to heaven. There is no other way. Once again, let me tell you, my children, it's death, burial, and resurrection. There is no other way. It's repentance, baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the others. There is no other way. Well, what about, yeah, what about it? And so, 
Here we are tonight. And we're and we're at a crossroads seemingly every day of our lives. You 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 come to a crossroads. And at that crossroad it is whether or not you're going to serve God today and call on him and worship him or are you going to forget and just go your merry way and live life. And pretty soon the cares of life and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and you become unfruitful. And the unfruitful have their part in the lake of fire where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. It's not my word, that's what Jesus said. That's the very voice of our Savior. And so, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that rock was made evident. And that sure place was made, was made available. And after that day, everybody has a chance to come and to have access to a sure place, to a place that is on a rock where you can see the glory of God. Hallelujah. For Jesus is the light of the temple thereof. And the glory of God, it says, and the glory, for there's no need of the sun or the moon in that new Jerusalem city. He says, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. There is no light in that new Jerusalem city outside of Jesus Christ. He is the Savior of the world. He is the God on the throne. He is the one from whose face the heavens and the earth fled. There's nobody like Jesus, and there is no name like his name and he has made a safe place for you but will you stay in it and enter in saying I'm through hollering at you God forgive me for being crude And so Peter, he's admonishing the church. Second Peter, the first chapter. He talks about Jesus Christ. And how we have obtained grace and peace through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We've obtained a like precious faith. And God give us knowledge of our Savior Jesus Christ according to his divine power hath given to us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. 
And it goes through the litany of things here. Add to your virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, tension. And it says that uh, by the Spirit of God has given unto us great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature that you get all of these other things added to you. For if these things be in you and abound, this temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, and charity, if they be in you and abound, you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence Give diligence to make your calling. Everybody say, give diligence. Now, I don't know what that word means to you. But diligence means a lot of extra care. And a lot of extra looking into and guarding. Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. A sure place. A sure place. Many are called, but few are chosen. For so, he said, you're calling an election. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. What things? Given all to your diligence, add faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, and patience, godliness, and godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. God never meant for brethren to fall on brethren with a sword, Brother Moore. He never meant for that to happen. That should never have happened. But that was to show you that the judgment of God is very severe. And so he goes on and says, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you. Come on to the music, somebody play, so everything won't sound so dire and drastic and like it's a funeral. My goodness, we just had the most upbeat service. We, you know, that, that more upbeat than most people have, I think, probably. And uh, now you're looking at me like I just stuck a knife in you. I did say the word of God was like a knife. I did say that. Maybe that'll be like salve. Because God sends his word to heal you. It's not to kill you. And if it kills you, it's because of your own desires. And your own will that won't submit itself to God. But if you'll submit every part of what you are. And I come close to talking about that. I, I've done it before years ago. And, and I kind of like the subject. And I mentioned it the other night. But your spirit. Is what allows God entrance into your inner being. In your deepest places. 
But you've got to open the door and allow him access. Because he's a gentleman and he will not force himself into those places. And you'll struggle. And you'll struggle. Because you cannot submit your will to God. But you'd rather go to the minds of this world rather than trust God. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. Don't think you can find better help outside of the place of safety and the sure place. Because here, there is a sure word. We have not devised, cunningly devised, followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God. The Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to Him. From the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son. In whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven. We heard. When we were with Him in the holy mount. They all heard it. In the Exodus. But the three sons of thunder heard it. On transfiguration. With him in the mount that day. When the voice thundered again. And they were all like Moses. And they could take it. And they gleaned from it. And were strengthened by it. Because they embraced it. That he was the true Son of God, the great I Am. And this voice that came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the Holy Mount. And we have, and we have also a more sure word of prophecy. Everybody say sure word. More sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as to a light that shineth in a dark place until the day star until the day dawn and the day star rise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is a private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time of the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What I want to tell you tonight is there's a place For the word of God standeth sure, having this seal. Is that in Timothy? That God knoweth them that are His. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are His. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And so, my children... I'm here to tell you tonight that no matter what comes our way in the next few days, weeks, months, or years, there's a safe place. But forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as a manner of some is. If you have to get you a couple of dogs to pull a wagon. So that's kind of harsh. 
Well, they use a team of dogs, and that guy gets on that sled, and he rides all across the snowy plains of Alaska and Russia and different places. Mush. Hallelujah. Whatever it takes. And it may be that the time will come where we can't go very far, but we have to go from house to house and door to door to those places that are near enough for us to get together. And then when we have a special time, we may have to travel a day and get there. Well, sometimes we do that now, but we go 500 miles. No, I'm talking about 10 miles. Maybe 15. How many would be willing to travel that way just to be in the house of God and be in the presence of God with brethren of like precious faith and to feel the gracious power and anointing of the Holy Ghost? If I'm not mistaken, mistaken, there's some of those people in Africa still today in different parts of the world that they travel for days on foot in any way they can just to get to the house of the Lord. Hours on foot just to get to a place of worship. What are you willing to do? There's a safe place in God. A safe place. A safe place. Could we at least sing something? What is that? That's good. But you know a song that I, I like that's been on my mind, but it's kind of probably y'all not ready to sing that, but if you never do anything else. You've already done enough. You've already done enough. I'll praise you at all times. I'll praise you at all times. I'll praise you at all times. You've done enough. I'll praise you at all times. I'll praise you at all times. How many can do that? I'll praise you at all times. You've done enough. Man, I'm telling you. There's some things, there's a lot of things I hope that nobody has to go through. Some of you probably have. I know you have. Some of you have. Some of you hadn't. But it means something to be able to give God praise in the midst of your storms. There's a safe place. Pastor Moore. I know what it is for mom and daddies, uncles and aunts, best friends, pastor. I know what it is for none of them to be able to really help you or to know exactly what to do. 
for us in this life. But could see in their, in their eyes their pain. It wasn't their pain, but my pain had become their pain. I could see that. And so I had to remember myself, Sister Mayo, that not only Job, but the disciples of the Lord in the midst of a raging sea, they were only doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. And that was go to the other side. They were smack dab in the perfect will of God. And they found themselves, Brother Braden, they found themselves on the brink of disaster and death. They thought they were going to die. And when they went to Jesus to sleep in the bottom of the ship, they said, Carest not that we perish. Storms come to make you strong. They'll test the metal of man or woman that you are. But in the midst of the storm, if you're in obedience to God's Word, you're in a safe place. There can no storm really get to you. Because as long as your soul is anchored in Him, you're in a safe place. No matter what the ravages of this world, may, their effect may be upon your body. Job said it, though the skin worms eat my body, yet in my flesh I know I shall see my God. You've got to have your mind settled. You've got to get in that safe place and get anchored. A hope that is sure and steadfast and fadeth not away. Have you got that today? Have you got that today?
nothing more important. You can be seated. Nothing more important. Brother Ford preached this tonight. A safe place. And I'm not going to be linked at all here. We're going to go party. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, uh, but, but we build homes. We, we, we call it this, the shelter up here. Why? Because some in the community do not have a safe place when the hurricanes and storms. So they need a safe place to go. So spiritually speaking tonight, amen, thank God for the church. Thank God for a place that we can come and, and find security and find comfort. Amen. Have you, have you ever been out maybe in, uh, I, I heard some of you talk about the last hurricane that come through. And uh, my own son, he, he, he told me, when I talked to him on the phone, and he, said, he told me, he said, Daddy, he said, I may not stay for nothing. He said, I didn't like this. He said, I had my back against some double doors and holding. He said, and I had three little kids looking at me in their eyes about that big around looking at me. He said, I didn't like it. He wasn't sure about his house. He wasn't sure about if he'd keep him safe then. But thank God for the church. Thank God for the family of God. And, and, and the safeness that we can find here. How many of you, maybe the men or maybe whoever, that's when everybody's going to bed and you go through the house and you make sure the doors are locked and what are you doing I'm making this a safe place we don't leave all the lights on all the doors unlocked and just you know go to bed and just let whoever wants to come in no it's a whole lot better it's a whole lot easier to sleep knowing anybody ever had to get out of the bed and go check the doors you slept a whole lot better when you got back in bed too didn't you when you you You've, at least you made it as safe as you could. That's what he's talking about tonight. This safe place. Stay in there because we're on a journey. And you've got an enemy that hates you. He hates you. You hear me? He hates you as much as God loves you. He really does. And he would love to, he'd love to take you. But thank God for a safe place. Thank you, Brother Ford, for the word tonight. And let's bury this in our hearts our minds and spirit thank God that we have a safe place that we can come and abode and have amen let's let's protect it let's pray over it let's let's keep it it's very important let's keep it a safe place you know at one time this good nation we had great confidence of the government and the military keeping this a safe place am I right and I'm not down now but after 9-11, we, it, it, it changed us a little bit, didn't it? We were not so sure because the methods the enemy can use to attack us. And so the enemy's doing the same thing spiritually. If he can make his way in, and that's what he's trying to do. But thank God, let's, let's keep this a safe place, a safe place to bring our children and our grandchildren. They can cure the Word of God and feel the love of God and the power of God. Thank God for Pentecost. There's no greater experience outside of Pentecost. And I don't want to use that word too loosely there. Amen. But this one God, Pentecost experience. Thank God for it. Love you tonight. Appreciate you so much. All in this house. Amen. And your, your hard work and labor for the work of God and the kingdom of God. Always remember you're not doing it for yourself. doing it for the Lord. 
and uh, the greatest rewards is in that to come. It's not, we, we, we're benefited and blessed in this life, but all oh, that to come, that to come. That just laid up the inheritance. Read a scripture this week, I'm going to preach on it sometime. Praise God. As an overseer of God's inheritance. That's the church. That's you. Lord, have mercy. Help me, God. <laughs> Amen. I want to hold on to that inheritance. How about you? I want to, if a thing that lies within my power and servability to make sure God doesn't lose his inheritance. That's you. That's you. Love you tonight. God bless you.